listening to a Drishti Point podcast. Please visit our website for more inspiring interviews on yoga, spirituality, and wellness. You're listening to this week's uh, Drishti Point, Vancouver's yoga show. My name is Lauren Spaniolo, and my guest today is chant master Krishna Das. And that was just his chant we've just been listening to called Nama Shivaya. And um, I'd like to just take the opportunity to say that Krishna Das will be in Vancouver on May 29th. Um, and uh, that's going to be at the St. Andrew's Wesley Church. And call Banyan Books for those tickets. And from there, he's going to Hollyhock, which is the educational retreat center um, located on Cortez Island, 160 kilometers north of Vancouver. But we can discuss all that stuff with Krishna Das. Krishna Das, are you there you are. <laughs> so we're online with uh, Krishna Das, and he's um, uh, calling us, or we're calling him, from the jungles of New York, if I might say so. How are you? I'm joining. There you are. Love there I am. It. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry no you missed the intro there. We just played one of your um, chants, Namaya Shivaya. Good. Yes, and uh, just informing people that you're um, on your way to Vancouver at the end of May and then putting on a uh, chanting workshop that we can talk about later in the program at Hollyhock. Okay, very good. Yeah. yeah. If I ever find my passport. Oh, well, I hope you do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come and fetch you. Okay, you can do that. Yeah. So, look, um, I wanted to talk to you about, well, we'll begin by taking you a little bit back into your uh, life. And uh, one of the things that I really enjoy about uh, you is your actual CD jackets. And uh-huh. how, yeah, and how you tell your story. You're so authentic. No, oh, thank you. Yeah, and um, I think I'd like to just to start with, you um, talked about uh, uh, high school being a bit of a prison for you. <laughs> And and I'm wondering if, you know, um, when things sort of started, you know, getting a little bit restless uh, for you within in terms of leading you onto this path. Well, yeah, you know, my unhappiness as a kid or as a child and certainly growing up and, and the craziness of high school, you know, everything was so straight. And I just and I just felt, what is this all about? You know, and I couldn't find any I couldn't relax at all. I couldn't find. I was so uncomfortable growing up. Everybody, everything just seemed so dull and quiet. You know, just two-dimensional. And then, um, especially high school was totally nuts. You know, I never fitted in at all. So it was just one thing. It was one unhappiness to the next. You know, just till I found something that made me happy. Which was um, that that the the connection you you began that connection in 1969 with Ramdas is that correct? Actually, it was, yeah, it was 68. But 68. even before that, when I started to read about uh, you know Indian things and yoga and and, and the, you know the yogis and stuff like that, that was like amazing. And I started reading about Buddha and Yogananda and Sri Ramakrishna. You know, it was like whoa! This is the first thing that really turned me on. That and of course music. Right. Yeah. Right. Did you ever think at that time how you could um, bring those two together? Absolutely not. Really? No. No. Nope. <laughs> no. Yeah. I. I never thought about anything. You know, when I left for India, I was never coming back. Really? Uh, yeah. I didn't have any idea of doing this. Nothing at all. No idea. 
I was never coming back. I never wanted to come back, and my guru sent me back. That's the only reason I came back. So, uh, and from him sending me back, all this has just developed uh, naturally. There was no plan, believe me. Mm-hmm. That would be giving me way too much credit. Right. <laughs> or blame. Or blame. <laughs> Either one. <laughs> What um, what was it like when you first met um, your guru? Well, it was like it was like turning around and finding yourself in the center of the universe. I mean, when I walked into the room where he was sitting, it was you know, it was a tiny, a small little temple in a little valley in the foothills of the Himalayas, and quiet there was nothing going on no no nothing you know and just all trees and a river going through and very humble very 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 humble place and mm-hmm. his name what do you his name is neem karoli baba mm-hmm. right yeah what do you think he taught you the most Well, you know, he taught by being, you know. Mm. We we saw how he cared for people, how he took care of people, how he was always available for people, how he was always giving, and that, and how humble he was and how uh, how simple he lived. He didn't own anything. Right. He didn't have anything. He didn't own the temples. They were all government trusts. And um and uh you know so it was it was a question of that you know just to see how you can live in this world and be completely happy with with very little and still have everything to give you know had you not um set aside the material things but had you not known anyone prior to you going to india in terms of being so generous with their heart well you know there were people who were generous with their hearts for sure but they didn't it was a different quality here right the quality was quite different you know there was a sense of of timelessness and and total openness and not wanting anything not needing you anything from you at all mm-hmm. so you were free to be who you are you mm-hmm. know without you didn't have to make yourself into some shape for somebody else right and you it was spent amazing. Yes, um, and you spent three years um, with him, correct? Uh, two and a half, yeah. Two and a half years. And then he sent me back, yeah. And then he sent you back. Um, yeah. In those two and a half years, I guess my first question is, Is uh, was there a lot of struggle, or was it more like coming home for you? No, it was, you know, the mind is a terrible thing to have. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, I tortured myself with my thoughts and emotions uh, for many, many years. And even with him, you know, with, around the intensity of that love, it brings up a lot of stuff. And even though you want to be in that love completely, you're totally not ready to be. Really? You know, you're not ready to let go. You can't let go. And even if you manage to kind of let go for a minute, your stuff just comes crushing, crushing you back, you know. It's just a constant process. But the thing is, he drew us into that love. He showed us what that felt like and where, and to some degree, he could say he showed us where it was in us, too. 
Mm-hmm. So it's a constant process from that point until today to just keep, you know, letting go of the stuff that takes you out of that and trying to move towards that place. Right. Are you still like, uh, you know, it's a constant practice. Is that constant? Right? Constant. Every day. Yeah. And right now, when right. I'm worried about where the, where my passport <laughs> is, <laughs> and I'm talking to you and trying to be holy. You know? Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. Did he, was he the one to um, give you the name Krishna Das? Yeah, he did. He gave me that name. Um, how long were you there? How long did that, like, how long were you there in India when he gave you that name? Um, I think it was probably a little over a year. Mm-hmm. Was that fitting for you, or did, did it feel Actually, off? I said Krishna Das. <laughs> I couldn't believe he gave me a Krishna name because I was a Hanuman guy, a Ram guy, you know? Right. And, and here he was giving me a Krishna das. I said, what are you doing? What is that? He said, and he laughed. And he said, don't worry, don't worry. Hanuman served Krishna too. Okay. And, you know, because really, you you hadn't been, you know, uh, I'll, if I may say so, Jeffrey Cagle, for very long in your life. Long enough. Long enough. It was long enough for you, was it? I'm still Jeffrey Cagle. You know, it's just a name. Yeah. It's the name of what's in there. It's the same person. This is it. Nobody, there's no, it's just one of me in here. Right, right. Uh, but, but when you have a name like that, when your guru gives you a name, it does mean something. It, you know, it doesn't mean it's over. It means maybe it's beginning. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. What do you think you discovered about yourself in those three years or the two and a half years while you were with him? That I was as big an idiot when I left as when I got there. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. If not bigger. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, you know, I I found out that I could live with very little. Right. I could be happy with very little. Right. Um, That's very freeing, isn't it? It was, yeah, it was. You know, all those desires, they all came back and pushed me around for a while, but... You found your place again. More or less, I think, you know, you keep you keep refining that place again and again. Yeah. And I found, you know, I found what, what was important to me in life, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was, you had to take care of yourself. You had to find out why you couldn't feel the way you wanted to feel. Right. You had to figure that out. Yeah. That was, kind of became what my life is about. Mm-hmm. Do you find it easier to um, live you know, in India as opposed to uh, North America? Uh, well, you know, um, physically it's more difficult. Right. But vibrationally it's so much more easier. It's, it's just a different world completely. Mm-hmm. At least outside the cities. Where I live up in the mountains, it's it's quite, it's still in many places pretty unspoiled. Right. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, you're going to find that experience when you get yourself to Cortez Island. Yes, I know. You're yeah. going to love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, when you um, came back to the United States, um, after, the, after you had spent time with your guru, um, what was that transition like for you? Well, at first it was fine because he was, he had sent me back, and I was just being here and, and planning to go back to be with him soon. And I had my instructions about when to come back. And, um, 
and I was enjoying life in a new way because I wasn't so neurotic as I used to be, and I was a little stronger and about uh, a little more confident in myself, and not so unhappy all the time. And so I was enjoying life in a different way and experiencing it in a little bit of a different way. Mm. And I was hanging out with people who had been in India with me, and it was very much of a nice family, you know, to be with. And uh, but then he died. Yes. And I hadn't gotten back to see him before he died. Right. And you know what? I want to stop right there because I'm really curious about that uh, point in your life because we need to take a little bit of a break. And we're just going to play um, maybe about a two-minute um, chant uh, again from your Pilgrim Heart um, CD. Our guest today has been Krishna Das, who's a chant master. Um, he's on his way to Vancouver the end of May and on his way to uh, Hollyhock, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, so that chant we were just listening to, um, I think it's probably one of my favorites. From uh, It's called Devi Puja, and it's from his Pilgrim Heart CD. And You know, Krishna Das, are you there? Yep. Great. That, that's, a, that's a beautiful chant. I mean, it sounds like you sing that from the core of your being. <laughs> <laughs> I really love it. Um, so we were just um, talking about your guru, Neem mm-hmm. Karoli Baba, and uh-huh. I was going to ask what that was, in fact, like for you when he did pass on. Well, it was like all the lights went out for me. Mm. You know, there was no... Uh, it was pretty total. Uh, I was, like I said, being with him was the only thing that worked for me. Right. Being with him physically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I read all the books, you know, the self who is within, God is within, <laughs> Guru, God and self are one, all that bullshit. I read all that. <laughs> but I'm telling you, when he died, that was it. It was over for me. Uh, I was completely attached to him. And and, and when he when he left the body, I, I figured that was it. I had no possibility, no chance ever of being happy again. And, and then, it affected everything I did, you know. Uh, how, can you imagine how you, how your life would be if, if you really felt that you were never going to be happy no matter what you did? Right. Uh, you know, the choices you make, the, tru- the trouble you get into. And, and, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, I didn't, I didn't go out and try to kill myself physically, but... I was doing my best to to dig a hole for myself, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, the photos that act, that are actually on the CD jacket are actually quite amazing. It looks like there's just a lot going on. There was a photo of uh, your side profile and his as well. He's kind of leaning against the wall, and it's a really beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I thought. Yeah, that's a nice photo. Mm-hmm. And so, what did you? do to sort of get yourself out i mean i imagine that the singing the chanting was part of your healing process was it not well you imagine correctly but not in the right time frame Mm. Uh, i really wasn't singing very much for many 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 years shortly after you returned from india well after he died yeah because for me it became like rubbing salt in a wound and you know i cried and wept but it was all self-pity and, and unhappiness, and and uh, it just it was it it just.
hurt too much, so I gradually kind of got away from it. And then in, uh, as far as chanting goes, really I started chanting again, really, in a new way back in 1994, mm. which is 21 years after he left the body. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. The lost years of Krishna Das. All right. <laughs> Met Jesus out there. Right. In our lost years. But uh, I was a lot more lost than he is. But it was just totally horrible. But what happened to me was that at some point I realized, I actually I was standing in my room in New York, and I was completely struck with the understanding that if I didn't sing with people, people who didn't know me from the old days, if I just didn't go out there and do this with people, I would never be able to clean my heart and clean the dark places in my heart. And then, you know, once you know something, you know something. There's nothing you can do. You can pretend you don't know, but you know. <laughs> and it took me a little while, but I, and I finally forced myself to start singing with people. Um, and, in fact, it, it, I, it, it really was the thing that saved me, you know, and continues to save me every day. Yes. Do you sing to him? I sing to him, but not necessarily to, you know, not, he's, who he is has changed for me quite a bit, you know. Really? Well, he's gotten bigger. <laughs> oh, aha. Uh -huh. You know, he's not some little guy who lives in the mountains of India only. For me, he's become that presence of love in my own heart and and in everyone's heart and everyone, you know, it's, it's, it's just what's here mm -hmm. when you're not messing it up. Mm -hmm. So... so let me get the time frame correct. You're you're in India for two and a half years. He wants you to come back to the United States. Mm -hmm. And then what happens after that? I came back and I started working to make some money because I hadn't had any money yeah. in India all that time. And he said I should come back with $1,000 and a year visa so I can stay. Mm -hmm. So I started to work and do that. And then he, he left the body and we went back to India for a little while. Okay. When I came back, I just started bumming around, doing things here and there, nothing much, painting houses, helping friends out, staying with people, you know, traveling around. And um, Then uh, my girlfriend got pregnant, and we had a daughter. Yes. Uh, later on, we got married, and we were together for about 10 years, and um, my daughter now runs my web store. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she sings with me on... Uh, Yes. Dora Faith. Yes. Yeah, John is her name. Yes. And uh, I did what I had to do to stay alive and take care of everybody and until I started singing in 94. Right. Now, in that time frame, I think you said that you, you had gone back to India. Oh, I used to go back every year, pretty much. Yeah. Right, right. And, and what is India for you? Home. Home. Hmm. Recharge time, home. Really? Oh, yeah. And you go for long periods of time? These days I can usually get away for two months at the most. But, but that's, So that's pretty much what I can do. Mm -hmm. yeah. Looking back now on your path and where this chanting has brought you, you know, I'm sure that it's brought you an incredible amount of joy. Um, isn't it just so, like, amazing? Are you not, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's a gift, 
a very, it's a great gift. Yeah. It's a great gift because the joy comes from it comes from doing the practice over time. Right. And going through whatever you have to go through the practice and and my guru's grace has given me the strength to get through very difficult stuff mm-hmm. and to continue getting through difficult stuff. Yeah. Why do you think some of us are more sensitive than others? To what? To life. Everybody hurts. Some people some people numb themselves more than others. Right. In one way, but everybody wants the same thing and everybody hurts. Mm. And you just scratch the surface, you find somebody that's exactly like like you. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um I just wanted to um talk a little bit about your chanting. And why you think sometimes, like, for example, this um, chant that we just heard, um, it, it, it's a very moving chant. I mean, I don't even, I don't even understand the words unless Neither I'm... Neither do I. Y- really? I don't understand. I know basically what it's about. Yeah. But I don't understand the particular words. What do you think tone has to do with moving someone emotionally? Um, I think... You know, certainly the quality of a voice has a lot to do with moving someone emotionally. Mm-hmm. But you know, these chants are deeper than that, right? And and these are the na- these are called the names of God, you know, or the divine name mm. in India. And right, you know, I think you have to kind of redefine what that means in Western terms because that they understand what that means very clearly. They don't have to be told, but we who come from the West right. don't have much of a clue about God. And, you know, we think God's outside. We're taught God is outside of us up in the sky with a big beard. And, yes. And we have to be good little boys and girls, or, or he's going to throw a thunderbolt at us. And this we're is gonna it. We're going to go to hell if we're bad. I mean, all that bullshit. Yeah. So, can I say that? Yeah, you, you can say you've said it before. So. Okay, sorry. <laughs> hey, no, that's okay. You just, I just want you to be yourself. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's hard not to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, so God is what for you? So God is that love, you know, that lives in everybody, and mm. it's, it's God is what everybody wants. God wants everybody wants that place inside where they feel right, where they feel good, where they feel sense of well-being about themselves and mm-hmm. that's you know that's the beginning of finding the deepest place where our true nature you know our true being our true self our true who we really are mm-hmm. everybody's the same that way you know everybody wants that everybody's looking for that but most of us have one very bad problem and that's bad aim you know just bad aim we, we grab the wrong stuff and it doesn't give us what we want but it, it, it promises something that it can't give. So these names, you know, come from a place inside of us that as we sing them, as we think of them, as we repeat them, they move us. They literally move us deeper into ourselves. Mm-hmm. And everybody has a different experience chanting. Right. Everybody has their own experience, and that's, of course, exactly the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, where do you currently draw inspiration um, for, you know, continuing to move along in your journey? Um, same place I always drew it. 
<laughs> I don't even know where that is. I just, uh, I, I just, I'm singing to save my own ass, you know. And 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 every time I sit down to sing, uh, it's a new, it's all new, and and I just love, I love doing it. I love finding that place inside again and again and deeper and deeper. And I, I need a lot of help. That's why all these people show up. Yeah. Do you so. still feel like a student? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. I, you know, I'm just... I guess we'll always be, hey? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the program, actually, that you're going to be putting on at Hollyhock, you know, since we're talking about chanting, it's Heart of Devotion. So um, now, that, now, if you could just explain a little bit about that and bhakti yoga, because this is the path that you've chosen, right? It's the devotion. It's I don't know if I chose it. You know, it seems to be that. Yeah. I, I always felt that I, I, I there was a, there was some kind of love that I was missing. You know, some place in me, mm. and I was always looking for that. I'm still looking for that. Really? And yeah. Because it can always be deeper. Yeah. There's no bottom. Yeah. <laughs> so you're always, you know, you're always moving deeper and deeper and letting go of stuff and going deeper and deeper into yourself and into that love and finding deeper places constantly. Mm-hmm. So um, that, you know, the, it turns out that that's, you know, that that. Looking for love led me to my guru, and, and my guru is leading me back into myself. You know, and uh, it doesn't seem, you know, it's just, it's just we're, we're trying to fall in love with ourselves, that's all, you know. That's and, all, And yeah. we've got to trick ourselves to do that because we hate ourselves so much. Mm. So we do all this stuff that tries, that slowly chills us out and, helps us let go of all the, the self-loathing and the shame and the greed and all that stuff. and So we can find a deeper place inside. Yeah, on, on the Yoga Unveiled, um, you were on the Yoga Unveiled um, film, mm-hmm. and you said things like that, beyond yeah. our egoic self, yoga of the heart, purification practice of the heart. Mm-hmm. Um at least I'm consistent, even if I don't know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the, so the chanting workshops that you do, what's, um, why should people come to the workshop? Oh, there's nothing on television, you know. There's nothing on television? If there's nothing on television nothing and they have nothing else to do, why not come and sing a little? Yeah. See if they like it. Yeah. Um, what I do, I don't really teach, you know, but we, we share, I share stories about my life and about chanting and we, we, we do chant a lot and we deal with the stuff that comes up and people bring up issues that, that are meaningful to them or bothersome to them and, you know, it's very useful to do that because everybody's the same, you know, we're all, right. we're all babies and, and, we, we none of us have a clue what's going on. So when when we get together and we can kind of talk about that, people feel better because they realize that that everybody has the same issues. For sure, there is a sense of comfort. In fact, Farah, who's the founder of Drifty Point, just she's sitting here with me, and we were just talking about just that. You know, the subconscious mind and 
just exploring ourselves constantly. So, I don't know. There's a joy and a challenge at the same time. So I'll tell you what, we're just going to take another little short break again. And this time um, we're going to play um, something from the, which other CD is it, Farah? Thank you. <laughs> from Breath of the Heart. And this is Krishna Das. Good afternoon and welcome back to Co-op Radio 102.7 FM and this is Drishti Point. My name is Lauren and my guest today has been Krishna Das. And that was from his Breath of the Heart CD, Brindaran Hariram. That was really lovely. Again. Um, so we were just talking about uh, chanting and I was um, curious to know um, uh, about your um, passion about music and um, how that sort of, you know, comes into your life um, in terms of, um, you know, any formal, like, classical or Indi- Indian uh, training? Well, you know, the funny thing is I'm too busy singing to <laughs> to train, to study music. That's the weird thing. Really? You know, when I li- when in India, I didn't, I just sang with the people who were singing. I didn't, I never studied music. I love Indian music, and it's an incredible discipline, and it's a lifetime study, and it's just extraordinary. I just don't have the time. You know, I mean, I want to... I have such a low tolerance for unhappiness, you know, that I just want to just keep going back and back into that place inside. Mm. And I, I just don't have time to study that kind of stuff. So I just I just learned from singing with the you know the, the, the they call them kirtan wallas you know the guy yes. used to just go around and do this practice all right. the time right right so um, but I love music I mean I'm totally nuts about any any music it's just fantastic but and I listen to, I, I listen to every kind of music but 
right. as far as what I do, you know, I just never had the time to study to do it right. <laughs> well, something's working for you. Something's working, but and, and people, I don't know what it is. People are <laughs> responding. Maybe it's just the, I want to say the word just, but, you know, the tone of your, what we were speaking about earlier, you know, it's your voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're coming to Vancouver. What's that? You're coming to Vancouver. Yes, I am. On May 29th. Now, is if, this your... If I find my passport. If you find your passport. Okay. Well, if you don't, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that will be upset. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll have to get a new one. Okay. Way. All right. <laughs> Are you taking me seriously? Excuse me? Are you taking me seriously? No, I'm just... Okay, good. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's your second visit to Vancouver, yes? Yeah. Uh, second or third? Really? It'll be my, th- it'll be my third. Oh, your third. Maybe. Uh, Wait, I'm, maybe I'm crazy. I think... I am crazy. You are. I think it's only your second. You uh, think? Well, I'll confirm with Yeah, ben, you're right. You're right? right. I think you're right, yeah. Because... I've only sung once there. Yeah. yeah. What did you think? Well, I, I came there a long time ago, but I just... I, I had a memory of singing somewhere else, but... You're right. It was just the last time we were <laughs> at the church. Yes, yeah. and you're going to the same church. Yeah, oh, that's nice. Yeah, you are. A good place. Yeah. You, did you like that? Yeah, it was a beautiful night. Yeah? Yeah. Good. Okay, well, it's going to be at the same place. <laughs> and maybe I'll be able to find it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope so. Somebody will drag me there, don't worry. Yeah. Okay. Um... What uh, I'm I'm gonna get ready to um, to sign off with you. Okay. But um, first, I before I do that, you know, I would really like to just allow you to say whatever you feel. Um, you know, maybe what yoga's meant to you, maybe what your path has meant to you. Um, whatever you feel you want to share um, with the listenership today. Well, you know, I think the main thing is that. You shouldn't give up your dream ever, you know, of, of finding what you're looking for in life. Mm. That it's there, it's possible, it's available, and it's much closer than you think. What? But you, what's that? No, go ahead. It's much closer than you think. Mm. So you should never give up and never give up and, and constantly really try to find that place and, and find that place that you can feel good about yourself and, and good about others. Do you think going into the forest for a little while um, could be a good uh, antidote to, to helping people to find their way? Points. Nah. No? I think if you were meant to be in the forest, you would have been born as a, a, a monkey. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think everything in our lives is exactly the way it is for a reason. Mm. And if we look around, we'll see our problems quite clearly. Right. And if you want to find who you are, you have to to find a way to let go of the stuff that pulls you out of yourself. And you can't find that in the forest. Yeah. Because in the forest, you know, you relax and it feels okay. You come back to your your life and it gets messed up again. So, Mm -hmm. of course, it's useful sometimes to take... To take a period of practice, you know, where you can go deeper or at least try to establish your practice right. in, in a deeper way. Of course, that's useful. Mm-hmm. But in terms of thinking that you're going to find something somewhere else? Yes. No way. Right. <laughs> I love that. No way. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, 
you know, on behalf of everyone at Drishti Point, um, okay. we're just so delighted that you took the time to, you know, share yourself. And, um, you know, I would like to, you know, also say thank you. And thank you for contributing to the world of chanting and to our planet, really. I mean, it's just, it is a, run, a wonderful gift, truly. And um, I look forward to seeing you. We all do. We all look forward to seeing you in Vancouver on May the 29th. Okay, my pleasure, really. And uh, I hope to meet you when I get out there. Uh, you will. Okay, good. And um, just stay with me for a few minutes. I just wanted to also um, encourage those who are listening, if they're interested in just um, uh, checking out uh, Krishna Das at uh, St. Andrew's Wesley Church on Friday, May 29th at 7.30 p.m. And you can call uh, Banyan Books for tickets, and I would encourage you to do that as soon as possible because it will be sold out. And um, shortly thereafter, from May 31st to June 5th, he'll be at Hollyhock, www.hollyhock.ca. And that's the educational retreat um, located on Cortez Island. And I can tell you that the community is waiting for you there. Um, and um, Far is just going to take us into a little bit of um, uh, an announcement. And I'll be back in a few minutes. Okay. Thank you so much. Take care. So for those of you who are interested in listening to us online or listening to some of our past shows, Drishti Point will soon in the next few weeks be have will be getting a new website. So if you can log on to drishtipoint.ca, D-R-I-S-H-T-I point P-O-I-N-T dot C-A. Check back within the next couple of weeks. We'll make sure we announce when our new site is up and that will offer podcasts of our past shows including this Krishna Das interview and also next week we'll be interviewing Shakti Me from Pranayoga College as well as Marguerite Paul a nurse who and health educator who will and both will be talking about yoga as it relates to traumatic pain experiences and uh, Shakti will be here to tell us about the fall that she had when she was in Thailand and I think during that fall she broke her spine and used both yoga and chanting to help her recover. So, Lauren, we're going to end with some music from a group of singers from Cortez. Is that right? That's right. Um, Hanu Huskanen, Elizabeth Burr, and Ali Lennox. And um, they uh, are just, they've just released this little uh, CD. And they're going to do that actually in April in Vancouver. But um, they're located on Cortez Island. And I know that they're equally excited to see uh, Krishna Das when he gets to Cortez. I think we all are. Mm-hmm. Actually, one of the things that I was really touched by or am touched by when I read the the um, inserts on his he- CDs is his humbleness in giving credit to his guru. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Farah. You're welcome. CFRO 102.7. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Thank you for listening to Drishti Point. We dedicate our efforts to the health and happiness of our listeners and for the health and happiness of all living beings. <laughs>